we study a little bit about slavery and then maybe we have a blip on reconstruction if we're lucky and maybe we spend a week on civil rights movement and martin luther king jr and um that is a sliver right of the black experience and we really need to make sure we're studying stories of joy and hope go ahead shake that jar of sprinkles and celebrate your role as a mom i'm stephanie fleece and i'm michelle fortin with city mom collective and our hope is that this podcast brings a smile to your face a skip to your step and a sprinkle or two to your mundane this is just add sprinkles celebrating motherhood a podcast by city mom collective This is episode 95 of Just Add Sprinkles Celebrating Motherhood. And as you know from our last episode, Steph is off on a romantic getaway with her Valentine. Lucky her. But I have a fantastic guest co-host with me today, my friend, Nicole Cottrell. Hi, Nicole. Hello, Michelle. Thank you for having me. So glad you're here. Okay, Nicole has accurately been described as a lover and a fighter a passion that she brings to her everyday life while homeschooling her three amazing and uniquely individual, but equally creative and kind children alongside her entrepreneurial, fun-loving husband, Jonathan. She's also the curator of Stories of Color, a free online resource for diverse, multicultural living books whose mission is to equip, empower, and entrust parents in educating their children about whole history. When not reciting Shakespeare or helping solve geometry problems, she can be found reading, enjoying time with friends, traveling or napping, although not necessarily in that order. So this is a great, incredible, impressive bio, Nicole, but it doesn't truly encapsulate oh, how amazing you are. <laughs> and you oh, are a fellow, you. you're a fellow Enneagram 8. So, you know, I love that I about am. you. <laughs> I am. And there aren't, I don't know that many of us, the female Enneagram eats, we really got to stick together, but yeah. yes, this is true. We do. We really have to stick together. It's a tough world out there for us, <laughs> female Enneagram eight. Right. Um, but you know, right. something that you don't share in here that I'd love for you to tell our audience of mamas across the country is a little bit more about your family, uh, your kids and what you've done with your lifestyle in the last year or so. Oh, sure. I'll give a brief, quick, uh, story. So, um, we have three kids, all homeschooled. They have a 16-year-old daughter, 14-year-old son, 11-year-old son. And my husband is an entrepreneur, as was mentioned. And we, we've kind of always leaned towards like minimalism. And one of our family values is freedom. And that ex- has expressed itself in lots of different ways for us. Um, but in 2022, is that right? <laughs> I don't even know years anymore. In 2022, we... Um, my husband, Jonathan, and I just had this inkling and this thought passed to our mind that maybe we should sell our home, the home we thought we were going to grow old in, and we should downsize and move to a more diverse neighborhood. And then we should take as much time as we can in the summers to travel to different parts of the world with our kids. Oh, ha ha. That's a great idea. Who does that? Um, and, but we did it. You did it. And we did it. We did it. We did it really fast. It was a whirlwind. It was emotional. It was scary. It was beautiful. Um, we cried lots of tears. We laughed a lot. And we we did it. And we spent last summer in Cape Town, South Africa Amazing. as a family. And it's been life-changing, of course. And, uh, you know, we're still adjusting, I think, in lots of ways. But it's been a gift for our family. Awesome. Where are you going this summer? Do you know yet? Uh, we will be going to Asia. We're going to do a little stop in Japan, but we're going to hunker down most of our time in Thailand and hopefully take some trips from there to other parts of Asia. Amazing. Oh, it's so cool that you guys do that. Well, you know, Nicole, I asked you to come on today because we are talking about 
Black History Month. It's February. And you speak so eloquently about Black history, about education, educating our kids. And I've learned so much simply from your Instagram posts. Um, But tell us, why is Black history um, this month and this subject so important to you personally? Um, well, for starters, so I'm biracial. Um, I grew up with a black father and a white mom. And I think for me, it was just a natural part of the way that I was raised. My um, black family made sure that I was being educated and taught things that they knew that I wouldn't learn in school. They were always handing me books or saying, you need to watch this movie or you need to know about this person. Have you heard of this artist? We're going to this museum. Um, and so that was just natural, um, for me, that was what I expected. And so when I started home educating, I thought, well, that's what I'll do too. Right. I mean, that's, that is what I expect and what I wanted for my own children. Um, I knew that otherwise they weren't going to be educated in a lot of the, um, parts of history and the people of history that were important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wanted them to know and learn about. So it just has kind of become an extension of that. And in 2021, I really set out to be more intentional with that in t- terms of helping empower, empower parents and other um, homeschoolers by starting an online um, database, as you mentioned, of catalog of books, all of people of color that um, families can easily access. So it was kind of my way of helping families do what I had been doing because um, I know it's important and it's not always easy. Right. And it's not, and you know, I've talked, you and I have talked about this privately, but you know, it's, it's a struggle for a white mom to try and educate people about what black families go Mm -hmm. through, because as much as we try to empathize, we can't. So, you know, that's another reason we wanted you to come on and talk about this is because this is your life Mm -hmm. and also something Mm -hmm. you've dedicated a lot of time and resources into providing this Mm -hmm. incredible resource. The website is storiesofcolor.com. Of course, we're going to link to it in our show notes and we're going to talk about it a little bit a little bit more throughout this episode. Um, but why don't you hit some highlights for us? What are the really important things we need to be touching on, no matter what our race is in our home, but specifically to teach yeah. our kids about Black history? Um, what are the yeah. things that we need to be doing? Those are great questions. Um, like you mentioned, I think it's going to, of course, be different. Um, what a Black family is learning and spending their time on um, in February versus what a white family is spending their time learning about are going to be different to some extent, of course, and that's expected. And there are, of course, also the spectrum of where we all are on this um, path. Some of us have been doing this for years and are have been bringing in resources and spending more time. And some of us are just starting this and that's okay too. That's actually great. Mm-hmm. Um, that's some of my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's room for all of that. I think for um, one of the, one of the best things that I love for people to start with, especially like with small children, people always ask me, well, what, what should I teach my little children? Yeah. And I think this works for all families, but um, I love personally to talk about melanin um, in the skin. I, it's something that um, my family just, we just knew like this scientifically, this is what melanin is. Huh. And this is why people have different skin tones. And um, there are some really great books. Um, for younger kids on that subject and just why people have different shades of skin. And it kind of demystifies this whole idea. Um, and it is a really kind of lovely way to introduce the subject to young children that they can understand. So I always talk about that. Um, but then I think beyond that for all families, but really I think one of the more critical things that I mentioned for people is to really make sure 
that if you're studying Black history, then you're not just studying stories of oppression or despair. Um, the um, stories that we tend to hear, what we hear in school, right? We, we study a little bit about slavery right. and then maybe we have a blip on reconstruction if we're lucky. And maybe we spend a week on civil rights movement and Martin Luther King Jr. Right. And um, that is a sliver, right, of the Black experience. And we really need to make sure we're studying stories of joy and hope and innovation, um, reading about Black inventors, educators, doctors, teachers, um, everyday life stories. Those are the stories that actually builds empathy and compassion in our kids. Those are the stories that actually connect us. Um, the stories that help us realize how more, much more similar we are mm-hmm. than we think. And um, Just those are the ones that get swept aside. Right. Yeah. Um, and so those are the things I really always encourage families to to make sure they're spending time on. Um, his, uh, you know, slavery is, of course, important. We can't skip those stories. Um, but that's one part of Black history. And there's so much more to be to be learned as well. Okay. Um, I love that. And I love it gives me goosebumps. We talk about um, the fact that we only get that sliver in school. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, our schools aren't perfect. Right. And I know, you know, that, you know, you've chosen to homeschool mm-hmm. and, but no matter what the subject is, we do need to complement what our kids are learning um, with what's important in, in history. And so that's why here at City Mom, we really want to encourage all moms to educate their kids in this area. So I appreciate mm-hmm. you mentioning like, they're going to learn this, but it's not the whole picture. So we need to supplement yeah, that. Absolutely. Um, so tell us, Nicole, from your experience, like what terms are correct? So we talk about melanin and I feel like a lot of like moms with disabilities have been great about, you know, hey, if you see my kid mm-hmm. and he has a disability, come up and talk to him and ask him about it. Like, but we need to yeah. kind of be reminded of what the terms are that are okay. So talk to us about um, like when can we say black? When do we say African-American? What should yeah. we teach our kids about that? Yeah, those are great questions. Um, you know, I think we'll start with Black versus African-American, I would say, at least in my experience, in my family's experience, my family just refers to themselves as Black. But in general, it's usually a pretty um, personal, it's a personal preference, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, it's just, it's okay to ask. Okay. Um, it's okay to say, hey, do you have a preference? Um, or if you hear someone refer to themselves as Black, it's generally probably okay for you to refer to them as black. And the thing I tell my kids is black is beautiful, right? So it's not a bad word. It's not a negative thing to say. Um, what what changes is the context. You know, if if you were describing a person's um, race that had no bearing whatsoever on the story um, and didn't need to be mentioned, well then, you know, that's a problem. But, um, you know, if you're describing a person um, as, as black, well, they would describe themselves as black and black is beautiful. So that's okay. okay. Um, but yeah, ask, I think, you know, as a biracial person, uh, my experience is a little different. Sometimes some people do refer to me as black. My black friends refer to me as black and my family, but other people will ask. I, I do call myself biracial. Mm-hmm. Um, most, mostly people would say mixed, which is pretty common. And that's what I grew up saying. Okay. Um, so I don't have a personal preference, but I do like when people ask me. Um, and so I think that's good to remember. I think it's honoring to ask people. So what is um, it? How do people thing say is, it? How do people ask you in a way that, that re- you respond well? Like, is it, hey, what, you know, oh, yeah. what I are just, your races? Yeah, or how people this- just, 
Yeah. I've had people just ask me, Oh, Nicole, do you have a, do you have a, a preferred term to, um, describe your, you know, racial identity or, you know, is there something that I should use to describe you? And, um, yeah, I love when people, I love when I've had new friends ask me okay. and it's a great opportunity to have an, a conversation, um, to, you know, if they're open to it, well, uh, what, what terms are, what terms are helpful okay. and what terms aren't. Um, yeah. So I think it's good. Um, it's honoring, like I said, and I think the other term, and this has changed a lot. People, I've, I hear more and more people saying this, but um, less saying slave, um, not saying slave when we're talking about that part of history, but saying enslaved. Yes. Um, one of the things that we hear is, you know, uh, slaves were um, kidnapped from the coasts of, you know, West Africa. No, slaves weren't captured from the coasts of West Africa. Okay. Teachers and mothers and fathers and elders and farmers were stolen from the coasts of West Africa. Um, and slave is not their identity. Um, that's what happened to them. And so we make a power shift when we say enslaved. Mm. And I think it's really important. I've talked with my kids about that. And it's just, that's the natural term that they use. And um, I'm grateful for that. And I think that's an important one. Yeah. And I like the way you're wording that too, because stories are such an important way to connect with our kids. And so having... Mm-hmm you know, it, when you frame it that way, you're telling a story because you're right. A slave wasn't captured. It was a mother or, mm-hmm. you know, he was a farmer or whatever, whatever, a merchant, whatever they, whatever their story was. And you're setting it mm-hmm. up for that in a way that kids can relate to because kids love stories, right? Yes. So you have collections Absolutely. of stories on your website. It, it, it's fantastic. You have book lists, book bundles, books of the month, like I'll categorize it every possible mm-hmm. way you can possibly categorize it, um, yes, which is so true. great. It's so <laughs> user-friendly. There's ways to start, you know, anything you want, you can go do it. But you use the term, and I'm really curious about this, Nicole, you use the term living books. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. So we are um, homeschoolers, but we use a homeschool philosophy called Charlotte Mason. I think you're familiar, but... Um, yes. Uh, Charlotte Mason was a educator, home educator in the 1800s in England. Yes. Um, but her ideas are um, still very applicable to today. And um, I think actually some of the best, even for families of color that are homeschooling, um, because she really cares about the whole person, the whole personhood of, of a child. So a living book would be a book that is rich in language, that has a narrative story of some kind. Um, that has I- ideas that are that kids can grab onto. So it's kind of the antithesis of the books we think of, like that are kind of throwaway trash books that we would get at the library that we don't really want our kids to read, but they kind of get sucked into the series of. Um, these are books that even an adult would love to read because they're well written with great ideas and great characters and stories, and usually they have some kind of moral um, idea behind them or they're telling the life or of a biography of someone. Um, there's a lesson to be learned. That's not always the case, but generally. Yeah. Um, and you know a living book when you see one versus not. So I do have on the website a whole page on finding living books and what the, and what makes them different. But okay. they're the best of the books, basically. Interesting. I love that. Okay. So let's go through <laughs> just like a different age stages and maybe, you know, either types of books or if you have specific names. Um, for the moms who are, um, you know, have preschoolers to babies to preschoolers, 
what are some, I know you mentioned you want to start with you know, the topic of melanin um, in the skin, mm-hmm. but what are some other maybe books that you recommend for that age group? There's a lot of really great um, picture books. There's so many good picture books I could think of. Um, I love personally reading stories from um, Africa. Um, there's some really beautiful ones. There's one called Mafaro's Daughters, and it's a lovely picture book. I mean, younger kids um, would really are really drawn to that book. I like it too because it's um, it's before we enter this American story, right? Because the black story starts in an, another part of the world. Mm. Um, and that's a really beautiful way to introduce some of those ideas. Um, it's also just really, really beautiful book. Um, there's a couple others that I really love. One of them is kind of hard to get your hands on. This would be for a little bit older kids, um, maybe elementary age. Um, it's Mansa Musa and um, it's out of print, but you can usually find a copy. If you are lucky enough to get your hands on a copy, um, I would recommend that you do because it's really lovely. And it's a part of um, African history that's not often taught. Um, Mansa Musa was the richest man that ever lived still to this day, mm. um, a king, um, a king of Mali and with a vast empire. And he was a wonderful ruler. And he's just a person that we don't hear so much about. Um, but there are some really wonderful books about him and his story is really an adventure story in the way that he ruled and he fought a lion and it's really engaging mm-hmm. for young people. They really love hearing about him. Um, but definitely been one of my boys' favorites. Yeah, I was going to say, so that's, that's another one. I've never heard of him. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my son would love that. Yeah, he's channel. also called the Lion of Molly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. So that's for elementary. And then what about like, you know, tweens, the tween age or teenagers? One thing that I really love to do is um, offer books that are sort of substitutes for some of the books that we tend to be um, handed in school. Okay. Um, the ones that are, we call classics, right, that maybe have some questionable language in them or some problematic ideas because they don't they haven't aged well. Mm-hmm. Let's just let's just say that. <laughs> um, so I really yeah. And, and that's OK. I mean, I don't check out a book necessarily because of that, but I am more discerning when reading it with my kids. Um, and it's, and, and we have to have conversation around those ideas too. We don't just get to pretend like they're, those words aren't there. For junior hires, hopefully junior hires and high schoolers are um, reading some of what are classic pieces of um, writing from like um, Du Bois and from Frederick Douglass. Um, but one person who I personally really love that I think doesn't get uh, enough um, page time is Ida B. Wells. Mm. Um, she's kind of coming up in popularity a little bit more now, thankfully, but there are some really excellent books on her for junior hires. And she um, was sort of legendary. Um, she sought out to actually educate um, America at the time about the uh, tragedy and travesty of lynchings that were happening in the South mm-hmm. um, during her lifetime. And so she actually published this pamphlet that she gave out to Northerners to help um, re- essentially recruit them into this to this fight for justice. Um, she's incredible. She also helped found a newspaper, um, one of the first, I think one of the first Black-owned and run newspapers. Anyway, I could go on about Ida B. Wells, but Definitely look for books for her. There's one called Ida B. Wells, Let the Truth Be Told um, for younger kids. Um, 
in junior high grades, and she's definitely worth learning about. And then what about us? What about moms? Is there a resource that we should be having either just for our own education or to help us? Mm-hmm. Obviously, your website is a fantastic yeah. resource in general. You have so many yeah, posts and everything. that's a great question. There are so many resources for parents now. Um, I would say the book that I personally recommend the most to families that just really want to understand and have a great starting point is the book, Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting in the Cafeteria Together? Um, by Dr. Beverly Tatum. It is, to me, I think one of the best starting point books. It's so well-written, well-researched, but really approachable. Um, And she really just breaks down and demystifies a lot of these ideas. Um, I, I have, it was, for me, it was really a healing book, but I know for other parents and for white parents that have read it, it's just for them really helped open up that conversation for them and help them understand um, these things from a new way. There's a chapter on multicultural families as well. So if you're raising multicultural kids, um, that's especially helpful also. So that's the book I always start with. And um, there's also a couple of resources on the Stories of Color site. These are free that families can download. There's a guide on um, how to spot racism and bias in children's literature. a lot of people print that up and just take it with them to the library or keep it in their library bag. Okay. Um, and there's also a guide um, on what to say, like we were talking about what language to use, um, what words should not be used any longer. Um, there's a bunch more that I didn't, we you know didn't get into, of course. So that guide is on there as well. And that's downloadable and free also. Okay. And you also have like a movie list too and TV shows. And oh yeah. So if the people movie wanted- list is new. Yeah, there's films, there's documentaries, there's um, a television episodes, miniseries, um, all kinds of things on there around Black history. And you can even, they're even linked to books. So if you think, oh, I want to read the book first and then watch the movie, or if you want to cheat and, you know, watch the movie and then read the book, <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> awesome. I see you have the movie Soul on here. It's a favorite in our house. Um, yes, it's one of my kids' favorites. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and so it's good. There's definitely different finding Ohana because you know I have younger kids so there's definitely a Mm -hmm. range here of documentaries that are going to be interesting to parents or older kids and then a mix of yes things that are going to be interesting for um our younger kids as well family movie nights absolutely so that's awesome so Mm -hmm. the the website is storiesofcolor.com and it's just you know break grab a cup of coffee <laughs> when you're going to it, you know, have yeah. a little time for yourself or it's just really rich with information and a great starting point. If you're looking to have these conversations at home, which we need to Nicole, I mean, you've done such yes, a great job of, of really bringing this um, to light for so many people and making it your mission to educate us. And I just appreciate the work that you're doing. And on behalf of us here at city mom, thank you for educating us as well because you are the subject matter expert here and you speak to it so eloquently. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, thanks, Nicole. Um, Again, Nicole's website is storiesofcolor.com. And on Instagram, you can find her at storiesofcolor underscore. So please, mamas, educate your kids about these issues. Together, let's raise curious, smart, loving kids. Order a book or two from Nicole's List, read it with your littles, and celebrate the fact you're giving them an incredible gift of knowledge. Oh, and don't forget to just add sprinkles.
For show notes and more information on this episode of Just Add Sprinkles Celebrating Motherhood, please visit momcollective.com. There you can find more information on our topic, our guest, and our host, Stephanie Fleece. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to give a review wherever you listen to podcasts so we can keep encouraging moms to celebrate motherhood and just add sprinkles.